All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist fitting into their schedule and of course the cost well better help can solve those problems it's totally online and built around your schedule it's surprisingly affordable too connect with a credentialed therapist by phone video or online chat all from the comfort of your home Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Well, a tantalizing Tuesday afternoon. How are you? Welcome to the Jason Greger Show. Sports 1440, Oilers Nation YouTube, and it is game day. Now we're gonna. I'll get into why I'm not gonna hype it up as Connor versus Connor like a lot of people. We'll get into that in a second. But uh, the Gregor Show is always presented by PlayAlberta.ca, where of course you want to have some fun. Uh, you can play lots of different things. Like you can stick handle your way through a same game parlay at PlayAlberta.ca. Sign up today if it's your first time and use the uh, promo code Sports Fifty and get a fifty dollar free bet. Also, it is a Tuesday, and you know what that means. Hey, you want to uh, play the lottery and Lotto Max as it's uh, currently at $40 million. Oof. Order fans feeling lucky. The orders could win their eighth consecutive home game tonight, but also their eighth consecutive game overall. They're rolling. And uh, they're taking on a Chicago Blackhawks team that, ouch, now, they weren't a very good team to begin with. There wasn't a lot of high expectations in Chicago this season as far as the overall team. There was a lot of excitement, as there should be. They had the number one overall pick in Connor Bedard. But Taylor Hall, out for the season. They had uh, Corey Perry got his contract terminated. They have had uh, other injuries. Now Seth Jones, their top defenseman, he's out. He's not going to play tonight. Isn't on the trip. Going to be out a few weeks. Kevin Korchinski... It was a young guy, you know, a rookie playing their top pair. Good for him, but kind of illustrates where they are at in their development phase as an organization. And I'm telling you, like, this things could get ugly tonight 
on the uh, scoreboard. Chicago uh, comes into the uh, game 31st in offense, 27th in defense. The Edmonton Orders offense is back where it was last year, number one in the NHL. Since the coaching change, they've scored the most goals by over almost a half a goal more than every other team. Edmonton is rolling offensively. They're rolling defensively. Stuart Skinner's playing well. Calvin Pickard, when he's in, is playing well. The orders are limiting scoring chances. Their penalty kill is excellent. Their power play is ridiculous. There's not a lot going wrong with them right now. And they're healthy. Chicago comes in. So here's the guys, uh, Seth Jones and Korchkinski. That was basically their top pair. They're out. Then you look at uh, Taylor Hall. Obviously uh, done for the season. Corey Perry, gone. They're also without Andreas Athanasiu, solid NHL veteran player. Colin Blackwell, he's out. Like it's, it's not good times if you're a Chicago fan. They will line up tonight with Bedard, with Bovillier and Kurashev. Now, Ryan Donato is going to draw back in. He might take Kurashev's spot. We'll see, but he might be on the third line with Dickinson and Felino to start. They'll have Tyler Johnson with Taylor Radish and Cole Gutman. Now, I understand if uh, if most fans um, are unaware of Cole Gutman, their uh, their second line center. He has played. Uh, this will be his twenty fifth NHL game. He has uh, two points uh, this year in ten games. Uh, was in the uh, minors, split the minors last year, came up late. Uh, this year we're starting in the minors, got called up. He had nine points in, in 12 games. Young player, right? Uh, uh, sixth round pick of Tampa Bay back in 2017. Was at the University of Denver. But, hey, he's a pretty, like, he's 5'9". Is he going to have to battle Leon Dreisaitl tonight? Good luck. Like, hey, man, good for Cole. He's in the NHL. You don't get to the NHL without skill, but... Now you're taking on Leon Drysaddle in a matchup. Oof. Like, that's the thing for the Hawks. Now, maybe, you know, they'll play Dickinson's line against uh, McDavid. Maybe. So maybe Bedard then gets Drysaddle's line. But then Cole Gutman, still, you're going up against McLeod. Like, that's a pretty big size mismatch, speed mismatch. So Eminem's got a lot of advantages on paper tonight. There's no doubt about it. They got a lot of advantages on paper. And I think they have a lot of advantages on the ice. I know everybody wants to pump it up as Connor versus Connor. And, and I and I get the theory and I get the understanding of it. I'll say this. Am I excited to watch Bedard live again? Yeah. I saw him in junior. I saw him at the World Juniors. It's an electrifying player. But in the NHL, he's not on Connor's level. Just like Connor McDavid when he came in in 15-16 wasn't on Sidney Crosby's level. He became on Crosby's level. But I'm not sold that Bedard's going to become on McDavid's level. Like, Connor McDavid is the fastest player the game has ever seen. Stick handles the puck. Like, I should say he's the fastest player the game's ever seen with a puck on his stick. Right? Lots of other guys have been fast, but not like that. Right? You've seen it. Like, he scored 40 more points than every NHL player last year, except his teammate, Leon Dreisaitl. Like, I don't want to say Connor versus Connor because it's a mismatch right now. It's unfair. I I would never expect Connor Bedard. Well, geez, I can't believe he doesn't match up to Connor McDavid. Well, of course not. Right? He's eight years younger. And he doesn't skate like McDavid. He's never going to skate like McDavid. Now, he shoots the puck incredibly well. There's no question about it. He's got a sick release. I was talking to Stuart Skinner today a lot about his release. And just different release points 
and you know, and kind of things you look at as a goalie when when you see a guy pulling it in like Bedard does. You know, as a goalie, you don't necessarily have time to think. Okay, I got to lift this shoulder because there are certain areas, depending on release point, that you know a guy usually can't hit. Now, the really highly skilled guys can pull it in and then still go back against the grain. All right, McDavid does it. Matthews, Ovechkin, Drysaddle, a few of the other guys around the league. Kyle Connor, right? Bedard does it already. He's an electrifying shooter. Watch his shot tonight when he gets it off. It is, you know, it's awesome to see. But the overall part of his game, like, you know, like a lot of young players, right? Struggles in the faceoff circle. That's where you see rookies usually get schooled. And what is he at? He's having around like 39, 40%. Ryan Nugent Hopkins like, I'll take him in the draw tonight. Yeah, remember a young Nuge? Heck, a middle-aged Nuge. NHL age, that is. Uh, can struggle in the, in the uh, face-off. So, I'm, this to me, and I know people are texting already, Gregor, didn't you say they'd beat San Jose? Yes, I did. And I'm uh, growing my hair out because of it. But I'm telling you, that San Jose team had more talent than this Chicago Blackhawks team does with all their injuries. Like, without Seth Jones, here's their blue line tonight. Philip Roos with Connor Murphy, Isaac Phillips with Nikita Zaitsev, and Alex Vlasic and Louis Crevier. That's their blue line. Now, Connor Murphy's an established, you know, him and Zaitsev have played in the NHL a long time. But look at the rest of their blue line, man. That is... And you're going up against... The most dangerous offense in the league. Like, I wish him luck. Jared Tenorti is the other guy who's out. That's the other veteran defenseman who's out. So, you know, Isaac Phillips, this will be his 32nd NHL game tonight. Alex Vlasic, it'll be his 47th NHL game tonight. You throw in, and I even forgot the uh, the other guy. Um, yeah, Louis uh, Crevier. How many games has Louis played? Not uh, not a lot. I'm going to say less than 30. Yeah, it's his fifth. Right? So, and if I'm not mistaken, I think this might be the uh, the NHL debut tonight for um, Philip Roos. So, think about that. That's four defenders that have that little NHL experience. No, sorry, Roos, this is his first game with Chicago, uh, first game this season with Chicago. He did play 17 before, so it's his 18th. So you've got 5, 18, 27, 45. And then you've got Zaitsev, who's probably, you know, realistically, is he a third pair on a competitive team? Maybe. So I'm telling you, this is a game where I would expect there to be offense from the Edmonton Oilers. And look what Edmonton did against New Jersey and Minnesota their last two games. Like if the Oilers are not in a position to take the Chicago Blackhawks lightly, they've won seven in a row. They're still not in a playoff spot. They're motivated. Sometimes in a long winning streak, at the end of the streak, you'll win a game when you don't play well. I would argue their games against Minnie and New Jersey were their two best games of this seven-game winning streak. They gave up very little. And if it wasn't for Marc-Andre Fleury standing on his head and the Oilers having two goals, 
call back and four goalposts against Jersey, both of those games could have been blowouts. Like, honestly, I won't be surprised if the Oilers win by five tonight. I wouldn't be shocked by it at all. I think they're going to come out storming and they're going to be a guy. They're going to be like the wolf who smells blood and they're going after it. This Chicago team is young. It's inexperienced. It's banged up and it's not that skilled. I look at this team and you go through their roster tonight. Order fans. We could go through the rosters and you've seen it. 2010, 2011, 2012. You could you could get a run for your money, maybe. Especially that uh, well, the the Taylor Hall year when they got all their guys banged up. Surrey was out, their goalie was out, and it was a slog down the stretch. Remember, they were terrible. And Chicago now remember this is their organizational plan. They have stockpiled a lot of draft picks. The risk in doing this, though, they are lean. Like honestly. They're really lean. So they're going to have to hope that some of these young guys come up in the future. And, and if you inject all young guys, order fans, I think, can sit there and say, oh, yeah, how does all youth help you? Not very good. Right? You can't win with all youth. That's been proven. No one does it. So uh, tonight, though, really good chance for the orders to, to get up to uh, eight wins in a row. And uh, Arizona... Holds down the second wildcard spot. The orders are three points back with two games in hand. Win tonight, one back, still with the game in hand. So they uh, are putting themselves in a pretty good spot. Uh, got a great show for you lined up today. Uh, Pat Boyle will uh, give us the Blackhawks side of thing. The Seth Jones injury. I'm not really sure what happened. Uh, Richard Knott will join us, uh, the uh, JPHL commissioner. It's always good to have a commission on the show. Uh, McCarthy will be by, as always, in the 3 o'clock hour. Uh, we'll hear from uh, Sean Brown and uh, Strutty in the uh, 4 o'clock hour. Spec and DVD in hour number 5. As always, you can get involved. You can text us 833-401-1440. Double dip of uh, NFL football last night. Who saw those wins coming? Did any of you, and I kudos if you did, did anybody have the Titans and the Giants winning last night? Kudos if you did. Probably would have hit big at PlayAlberta.ca if you had both of them in a parlay. I mean, pretty sweet. But man, that's a pretty tough loss for Green Bay. They're still in it, though, in the NFC wildcard race. And the uh, Dolphins, like, what's up in the NFL? How many division winners or division leaders lost? This past weekend. All of them but one. So it's uh, kind of a crazy time in the NFL. And it's a day of mourning as Connor Halley. Even though he knew it was done. Now it's officially done as the uh, Chargers have uh, placed their starting quarterback. He is done for the year with the uh, fractured finger. He's going to have surgery. And so Cons, uh, now you're just hoping for losses, aren't you? Get as high of a draft pick as possible. Yeah, you know what, Craig? I mean, it's it's easy now. This is the easy part. When you cheer for a terrible team, it's easy, right? Because anything that good happens, you're just happy to see it. I want to see Quentin Johnston make some plays. I want to see, you know, Joshua Palmer. I want to see what Easton Stick can do as a backup quarterback. But, yes, I want them to lose every single game. I want a top-five pick. I want a new coach. I want Brandon Staley to go do whatever else he likes to do and and totally rebuild. And I will say, 
I was totally wrong. And this is why we love the NFL last night. Uh, I thought the Titans had no chance. I thought the Packers were going to run away with it. Tommy DeVito had something to say about that. Good for them. I'm sure Struddy will be quite humble when he comes on today talking about his Giants and DeVito and all that they did. But yeah, good on the Dolphins, or sorry, the Titans for slowing down Tua. Uh, obviously, when Tyreek Hill is out of the game, he's a lot easier to defend. And they found a way to get the job done. DeAndre Hopkins still has it. And Will Levis, good to see him have some success. It's been ups and downs this year for him, uh, but it looks like the Tennessee Titans do have their quarterback of the future. He's intense. He is intense, <laughs> yes. Um, well, it's a good win for them. I'm, I'm not going to anoint guaranteed quarterback of the future yet. I need to see a little bit more, but hey, there's some promise. And when you're a Tennessee fan, that's what you're looking for. You want a little promise for sure. Uh, also today, month of giving. We continue on. We got a great package for you today. This is, this is like cash straight up. You're going to get a $2,500 gift card from the brick. So you get to purchase whatever you want. Because everybody has different tastes and what kind of couch you want, maybe table and chairs, whatever you like. Also, you're going to get a 75-inch CU 8000 Crystal UHD 4K Smart TV. Basically, top of the line, all the bells and whistles. Now, just for you, in case you uh, want to know, we, we have it. I uh, have the measurements for you because, of course, that's uh, that's key. Now, it is a 75-inch but I think it's important to remember that 75 inches as far as because that's crossed from one corner to the next. It's basically 40 inches high, right, if you want to visualize it, and 66 inches wide, 66.01 to be exact, okay? So, and then the uh, depth is about uh, uh, 13, give or take. Just because they got like wide leg stands on it. Now, if you hang it without the stand, obviously it doesn't have that. So, but it does come with a stand. If you want the two legs out, that would be 13 inches if you want to do that. So you can, uh, you can see all the bells and whistles at jasongregor.com, but the $2,500 gift card and the high def 75 inch TV. Oh, this bad boy. You kidding me? You want to get it in time? Maybe you can watch the NFL playoffs. Then, of course, right into the NHL playoffs. Maybe you want a game on it. Be a sick gaming TV. I'll tell you that. I can see everything. So, if you want in, 833-401-1440. All the money raised today helping out Santa's Anonymous. So, you know what? Every time you watch that TV, maybe you're having beers with the fellas, the ladies. You can cheers yourself knowing that uh, you made Christmas a little extra special for some young kids and their family through Santa's Anonymous. So, there you go. I have a lot of people. I hope the owners don't take them lightly. Why? What have they shown lately that would make you believe the owners are taking anybody lightly? Right? Why? There's, there's no, like, sure, you hope it, but come on. The owners aren't taking them lightly. The owners are going to blow them out tonight. Look, they dominated New Jersey. They dominated Minnesota. And those teams had, and Minnesota was playing well. New Jersey's got some pretty good players. This Chicago team, just look at their blue line. The Edmonton Order's offense is rolling. This is the night. Like, I could see the Order's Leon Drysaddle, you get to that third period, they're just going to try to feed Connor Brown and try to get him a goal. I could see it happening. Heck, my not-so-obvious game day prediction is Cody Cece's 104-game drought ends tonight. Now, that's obviously maybe unlikely. That's why it's not so obvious. But seriously, this Chicago team, if, if you haven't watched them, just go up and down their lineup. 
This is, they just don't match up. The Oilers are a really good team. Yes, they had a tough start. But you can't worry about October has nothing to do with December 12th. Nothing. Hey, Gregor, why wouldn't they start Pickard tonight? Well, I think because Stuart Skinner's your starter. And he's in a rhythm. He had won six in a row. Why take him out of his rhythm for too long? You play him tonight. You play him against Tampa. Probably Florida. Then they have two days off, right? And he's playing every second day with no travel. It's pretty light schedule. Then they have two days off before they play in New Jersey. Then you'll play Pickard one of the two games next Thursday, Friday. Obviously, you're not playing Skinner back-to-back. There's zero reason to do it. And then when you come out of there, so then, and then the orders have an extended Christmas break. They play on the 22nd. They don't play again until the 28th. So now he gets another five days between games. So then you play him on the 28th. You probably play him on the 30th. And then Pickard plays again on the 31st. Right? Like there's uh, the Oilers schedule. And it, then you go into January. I can't recall seeing where the Oilers had a month where they have every Sunday and Monday off the entire month. Their month of January, they only play 11 games. And they don't play any back-to-back. And they have every Sunday and Monday off. So that's a pretty good skit, right? Like they play on the second, then they have three days off. They don't play the sixth. Then they have two days off. Right? Play a few games. Oh, then another two days off. Play a few games. Oh, then another two days off. Like it is, I wouldn't worry about Skinner fatigue at all. Where it becomes a time where you're going to have to use your backup more is starting in February. Because coming out of the uh, bye week and the all-star break, they don't play again until I think it's February 6th. And really from February 9th till the end of the month, they play 11 games in uh, 20 days. Then you get into March, and that's where it's pretty congested. So that's when you're going to want to play him. I, I don't think Stuart Skinner is going to really have any reason to be fatigued. He could make seven starts the rest of the month, and it's going to be seven starts in 22 days. It's like a start every three days. Like That's, that's unreal. That's what you want. So, there you go. Hey, guys, the only thing that's given is that Dickinson will score for the Hawks from Jeff and St. Albert. Ooh, bold, Jeff, bold. Uh, Mike opens up the uh, bidding at $1,000 in our uh, month of giving. Well, hey, it's $2,500 GC. That's basically $2,500 in cash and the big screen TV. So, we know this one's going up for Santa's Anonymous, 833-401-1440. Hey, Gregor, why don't you go uh, double or nothing if you're so confident they'll win? Well, I'd feel like a cop-out because the orders will win easy tonight. And uh, then I could shave my head. I would I would feel guilty making that wager because I'm uh, very confident the orders will win tonight. This Chicago team is not good, and the orders team that lost to San Jose is not the team that's playing right now. If you If you were talking to me... After the San Jose loss, I'd probably have a different uh, different idea on things. So, but yeah, trust me. The orders, uh, they're not going to take them lightly at all. I don't expect them to. And I, uh, I won't be surprised at all if the orders are up uh, a few goals after the first period at all. <laughs> maybe more. I, I think they're going to really skate them out of the barn tonight. And now maybe, hey, Mrazek, maybe he goes all flurry and stands on his head. But I just look at their defense core, guys. 
That's all you got. That's all you have to do. When you, when you have four rookie defenders, hey, that's hard for any team, and that's what happens. And order fans remember it. You remember watching a team when you had a top number one pick in Bedard, and there's a lot of excitement. I understand it, but there's lots of holes in the team, especially when you have Seth Jones out, Taylor Hall out, Kevin Korchinski was playing big minutes for them. He's out. Right, heck, Blackwell. Like they got lots of injuries. Corey Perry's gone from the team, so it's a, uh, it's a tough time for uh, for Blackhawk fans. Now they're excited still because I think most of them knew it was going to be, you know, uh, a rebuilding year for sure. And you have Connor Bedard, and the guy's electrifying. And and that's what we're going to talk about now is the the excitement in Chicago. Well, they know there's pain. How do you balance the excitement with the pain? As uh, we go around the NHL, brought to you by. McDonald's, uh, of course, uh, stop in. Ooh, they got the new maple quarter pounder with cheese. Maple bacon quarter pounder with cheese right now at McDonald's. And it's Tuesday, and you know what that means. Game day, $4 Big Mac or McChicken or a filet of fish only at McDonald's. As uh, Pat Boyle from NBC in Chicago Joins us, Pat. I guess can you, can you update us on the Seth Jones injury? Uh, what happened in the game? Yeah, he got dinged up uh, against Washington on Sunday, and it's they're terming it upper body. Looks like it could be a shoulder. Uh, he did not make the trip. You mentioned Kevin Korchinski. He's out dealing with family matters, so it's it's four rookies on the back end for the Hawks and, and two veterans, Murphy and Zaitsev. So. It looks like um, uphill sledding for the the Blackhawks as they try to to slow down the juggernaut Oilers. Yeah, like the Oilers, the Oilers are the team that people expected them to be at the start of the year. They obviously uh, struggled out of the gate immensely, three nine and one. But uh, since the coaching change and I think a little bit of a change from the players' focus, they've been rolling. And when when you put in basically four rookie defenders. Pat, I don't care who you're playing, but when you're playing the team that's been the number one offensive team in the league for last month, it, it's just it's hard to ask rookie guys to defend some of the best players in the world. No question, and you know this this team is uh, is trying to you know pick up a system. They're trying to develop on the fly, and uh, it doesn't it's not a recipe for success to have them all doing it together. Uh, the, the special teams has been rough this year. I don't know who you're probably going to see Alex Vlasic, a rookie quarterback, the, the power play one for the Hawks, and then maybe another rookie in Isaac Phillips, uh, quarterback in the other unit. So, it, look, it's, it's going to be a, a tough night for them. Peter Morazic, who has been, he's been fantastic this year. He's finally healthy. He picked up a shutout last week, should have had two in a row. He seems to found uh, some of the, the mo he had in, in Detroit, and, uh, and he's, he's been stellar, you know, making up for some of the defensive lapses that you've seen out there. But you know, this, this year's all about Connor, and it's about Bedard developing and, and which young players are going to be along for the ride. And so far, that has been that has gone exceptionally well. Uh, watching ninety eight on a nightly basis. 
Well, and and that's I think the uh, well, the sales pitch from the Blackhawks organization, and you know their fans, Chicago fans, have no reason to be impatient. They won three uh, Stanley Cups in a five year span here in the last thirteen years. I think the, the, they'll be okay uh, for a while for sure. Uh, and then you get Bedard, which is uh, you know it's, to me it's like you know Patrick Kane all over again. The difference is you don't have Taves and Keith and Seabrook to go with them. That's going to be their challenge now. So where, when you look at at the supporting cast of Bedard, and I know they had a plan, and I actually like their plan you bring in veteran guys yeah you overpay Felino and Perry you know for a year but it was a one-year deal it's not going to hurt you on the cap and you were hoping to insulate him Perry of course we know what happened Taylor Hall's done for the year now Seth Jones is out um that's what makes it more difficult right now Pat is there's not like Nick Felino is an unbelievable guy and maybe he can help him but I, I never think you want to lose as bad as you have but injuries have probably made this season going to go maybe worse than they expected it to be yeah, no question. I mean, this was a thin team to begin with. I like, just like you said, I like the initial plan for Bedard, bringing in Taylor Hall, former number one overall pick, who knows what it's like to play with high-end talent, who knows what it's like off the ice to deal with what comes with being the number one pick. Uh, obviously, that doesn't work out. ACL surgery done for the year. Lucas Reichel got a shot, another a first-round pick of the Blackhawks. He's just f- trying to find his way in the National Hockey League. He wasn't ready uh, to be the, the winger with uh, with Bedard and with Khrushchev. And and so now Plan C has been Anthony Bavillier, who they picked up from Vancouver a couple of weeks ago. And look, it's gone okay. Uh, I don't think you can expect Bavillier to solve all the the, the problems that that uh, plagued this the, the top uh, line, but uh, you know at least he has the speed. I, I still think they're missing, you know, a puck retriever, somebody who can can create time and space for Connor to do his thing, and and somebody to you know accept a, a net front presence uh, that you saw a bit with with Corey Perry uh, before he left the team. So it's um, it's it's all about finding that left winger for Bedard. And right now, I don't think that player's on the roster. Yeah, well, that's fair. Because, you know, you look at a lot of the numbers that Sport Logic has that, you know, what uh, Bedard's doing a lot of great things. He's bringing the puck in the zone. Obviously, he's the guy who's transporting all the time. He's, he's not blessed with many finishers right now. And if no. you if you look at kind of where they're going to go here in the future when, when they build this team, is, you know, they've got all these draft picks, Pat, but now the pressure is going to be that they got to hit on their draft picks. You can't just say, hey, we got a lot of picks. Picks are great if you have them, but then they got to turn out. Right. And I, I think, you know, we're going to see some in the World Juniors coming up here over the next few weeks on display. You mentioned Korchinski. I think he's been uh, just everything that you could expect from a, from a top two defenseman early on in his career. Uh, it's unfortunate that he's not with the team on this trip to Edmonton. I think so far they have done a nice job drafting, and they have stockpiled picks for the next couple of years. Yes, now you have to start hitting on them, but I, I think the, uh, the ingredients are there, and the... Um, the way that Kyle Davidson has gone about it, he's trying to build down the middle. I think they need to get bigger down the middle, trying to get large defensemen, and you'll see them on display tonight with Vlasic at six foot six, 
and uh, Crevier at six foot eight as a as a pair together. So, you know, I, I like what the way he's built this team thus far, and at least his philosophy. And Luke Richardson has been fantastic for this young group. I mean, he's getting as much out of them as you could expect. And uh, and you you talked about you know leadership with Kane and Taves gone. Uh, eventually, you know, they didn't give the seed to anybody this year because why would they give it to Seth Jones or whoever and then take it away and give it to Connor next year or, or the year after? So they're going with the, the A's on, uh, on a few jerseys right now with Connor Murphy and with Seth Jones and with Nick Foligno. But Nick Foligno has been the leader of this team. Before he even put on the Blackhawks sweater, he invited – uh, Connor Bedard over to his house in Chicago, and he ended up playing mini sticks with with uh, Nick's kids uh, all night long. He's the guy that uh, helped navigate uh, Bedard through. I thought just an absolute circus whirlwind to start his NHL career. You go to you go to Pittsburgh, Boston, Montreal, Toronto, and Colorado. All road games, basically all nationally televised games. The media circus was in each building as if it was getting ready for a, a game seven of a Stanley Cup final. And unlike years past, when I've watched the Blackhawks cope with stuff like that, you've got Kane and Taze and Seabrook and Keith and Sharp and whoever handling the media chores. It was just 18 year old Connor Bedard with every microphone and camera pointed at him. And he handled it fabulously. So um, I, I can't say enough from what I've seen on the ice. It's been as advertised, maybe even more considering the surrounding cast. But I'll tell you what, what he has done off the ice, it just it makes me feel like, you know, the, the next generation label that we put on this kid, I, I think it, it's, it's rightfully in place because I just think he's, he's the all-around player and person that you want representing your organization. Yeah, and that's totally valid. As uh, Pat uh, Boyle joins us from NBC Chicago, and uh, you know, Pat, what about a guy like uh, Lucas Reichel? Now, there, you know, there's a first round pick. Uh, granted, later on, first round pick who's a little bit older than Bedard, and he's kind of uh, be, you know been struggling to find his way a little bit. And you know, I, I think sometimes the risk of of being on a team that's rebuilding for young guys is your confidence can get, you know, evaporated rather quickly. And and then it's hard to get back. Where, where do you, what do you make of Reichel? And would they be better off just letting this guy, you know, Miami Katie just get comfortable in the American league for a long period of time? Well, you know, they, they tried that. So like two years ago, he, he got um, a, a cup of coffee with the big club. And then last year it was, uh, Started the season with the team for a handful of games. Didn't have the confidence. Set him down to Rockford where he was a point-per-game guy for most of the season. Then they brought him back up for like a 20-game stretch, and he kind of found himself a little bit. I think he had like eight goals. Uh, He was, you know, half point to uh, nearly a point-per-game guy uh, over an 18-game stretch. And it it looked like, okay, you know, they, they may have hit on him. Uh, but this year in a second, you know, they started him at center. I think ultimately he's a winger. 
in the National Hockey League. And so he lost confidence out of the gates being a second-line center against some really tough teams. Then they tried him at wing with Bedard. That didn't work. Then they finally scratched him about a week and a half ago, and then Luke brought him back on the fourth line to try to work his way up. And he's actually taken some steps there. He's a little more responsible away from the puck. And, um, you know, so I, do I think he would uh, – benefit from going down to the AHL, sure. Uh, but right now, I think they're, they've got the luxury of, of basically, you know, dressing an AHL-ish NHL team, and they're, uh, they're trying and hoping that Lucas finds that confidence at the National Hockey League level. Uh, hard to uh, hard to find for sure. So then, what what do you think the the strategy is going to be? I guess up, can you update me first of all on Athanasio? How long is he expected to be out? He's been out with a groin situation for uh, the better part of three weeks, two and a half weeks. Um, he is just getting back on the ice, so he's not with the team. We're looking, I, I would think, at least a week or so away from from him returning. So, you know, in essence, you lose Taylor Hall, Corey Perry, Andreas Athanasiu. You lost three top nine forwards on a very thin offensive-minded, you know, already thin offensive uh, team, and you've been trying to replace them with the Beauvilliers and and guys that you're calling up from Rockford. So it, it, it really was kind of a stretch where you lost three players in a matter of two weeks and they just don't have the resources right now to plug in to those spots. So uh, it, it's going to be tough sledding. And, uh, you know, on paper tonight looks, uh, looks daunting, to say the least, from the Blackhawks' perspective. Uh, they've got guys like Jason Dickinson, uh, 2.65. I, I think he will be a guy that lots of teams would be interested in the trade deadline. Uh, you know, Nick Foligno, Beauvillier, Tyler Johnson, even if teams were interested. We know the, the Hawks will retain salary. Uh, to, to make it, it work. Um, you know, maybe even Zaitsev, uh, potentially. And you mentioned Mrazic, like maybe even a team looks at him as if they're looking for a, for a backup. Are you expecting them to, to want to move all those guys or, or is a guy like Felino somebody that they'd rather ha- hold on to and, and maybe re-sign again next year? Yeah. You know, because they lack the leadership and, uh, I could see them wanting to hold on to a Nick Felino and, and, and actually, you know, basically uh, overpay for him to, to stay in town. And he's kind of relishing a different role that he obviously had in Boston. I mean, he's wearing about 10 different hats uh, in the Blackhawks dressing room compared to being, you know, a role player who uh, was, you know, sometimes scratched in Boston. Uh, you mentioned Jason Dickinson. He's been the brightest spot amongst the forward group. He's already matched his career high in goals. I could see... You know, he's somewhere between like a Sam Lafferty and a Brandon Hagel. You know, he's like he's he can play up and down your line. He's good at the dot, uh, responsible in all areas, and he can put the puck in the net. I could see a lot of teams interested in him uh, at the trade deadline. But this team also has to, at some point, stop being sellers because you're going to start stunting the growth of Bedard and – Maybe you're stunting the growth of Reichel because you don't have players to go and play with those guys. Like, I'd like to see Jason Dickinson 
play with Bedard. I know the third line for the Hawks has been the most productive over the last two weeks, but I would like to see them try. Uh, you know, there's only limited options, but like Jason Dickinson is somebody I'd like to see go on the wing with Bedard and Kershaw and see if if he can uh, inject some life uh, into that top line. The numbers for Bedard, the home and road splits, I don't know if you've seen, they're, they're drastic. On the road in the 14 games, he's got nine goals, seven assists. So he's been fantastic on the road. At home at the United Center in 13 games, just two goals and five helpers. So the, uh, the road has been a comfort zone for Bedard, and now they just need to find that line mate for him that can take it to the next level. Well, that's you know, a good sign for him because usually it's harder to score in the road because you don't get the matchups. Yeah, you, want, you would so. think, right? Yeah. With the yeah. matchups and all that, it's, it's, it's funny how it's worked out so far. Pat, we appreciate it. Uh, enjoy the game tonight. We'll see you at the rink. You as well. Thanks for having me on. It's Pat Boyle from uh, NBC Chicago. The uh, Blackhawks, they are really, really decimated by injuries. Seth Jones and Kevin Korczynski, the uh, former Seattle Thunderbird. Was playing great. He was their seventh overall pick uh, the year before Bedard. Man, he's coming. He's played excellent, and so uh, that's a loss for them. Like that. Basically, there's your top two demon out. They're going to dress four defensemen that are rookies tonight against the NHL's top offense. The last month, yes, the Edmonton Oilers have the NHL's best offense since November twelfth. Four point three three goals per game, almost a half a goal more than the next highest in Dallas, who is three point eight six. So they are rolling. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk to the commish of the JPHL on the Gregor Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca. 2.49, welcome back. Got some funny texts. We're going to get to those after uh, 3 o'clock. Uh, also up to uh, $2,000 now on our month of giving package today, which is, of course, a $2,500 gift card. So it's basically $2,500 in cash from the brick and a 75-inch Samsung Crystal UHD 4K Smart TV. It's got all the bells and whistles. Anything you want the TV to do, it'll do it. So uh, it's great. So uh, we always like to get to face value. So, hey, we're about halfway there at 2Gs right now. We're helping out Santa's Anonymous. So you know what you're getting. Brand new Unreal TV and then uh, your choice of basically $2,500 in cash and a gift card to use for what you want at the brick. And they got everything. It's great. Uh, let's go in the community now. Brought to you by United Cycle. Christmas has arrived at United Sport and Cycle. If you need something for your athlete or sports fan, United has been your Santa workshop for over 95 years. So uh, stop in and you can get everything for the sports fan. In your life. And uh, speaking of sports and uh, in the community, uh, we are joined now. It's always good to have the commissioner on the show. We are joined by the commissioner of the uh, Junior Prospects Hockey League. Uh, Richard Nault joins us. The uh, JPHL uh, Winter Championship is uh, underway in our uh, fair city. Richard, how you doing? Hey, Jay. How are you doing? I'm excellent. So the uh, the JPHL, you know, it's uh, it's specializes. It's it's a combination not only just on um, athletics and hockey, uh, you know, for U15, U17, U18 players, but also a, a pretty strong focus on education. So I guess tell me how you mix in the education part, and then we'll get to the hockey part. Sure. You know, I, I don't know that we're necessarily going to boast that we're reinventing the wheel. Yeah. Uh, traditional models already infuse academics with the athletics and, and stuff like that. But I think at the end of the day, where we're differentiating is things like our core values around accessibility from a financial aspect. Um, may, maybe there's some subjective uh, conversation around the value aspects that we bring to the table within our league. 
basically getting our athletes and, and students and whatnot ready for that next level on and off the ice. So things like broadcasting excellence, you know, every game is broadcasted and, you know, you, you being in this specializing in this sector for a really long time can probably appreciate that, you know, we do a lot of interviews on and off the ice in between periods before games, uh, a huge social media presence. But, you know, while it's, it's fun for the kids, it's fun for the families and parents involved, we believe at the end of the day that, that these types of elements can transcend into work life. Uh, you know, at, at the end of the day, it's going to help with confidence. It's also going to get them ready for that next level. So when we get our kids ready for that, you know, to take that next step into junior hockey, maybe they get there and the lights aren't so bright and, and, you know, the TV cameras aren't intimidating and they've done a bazillion interviews. So they feel like they've been there, done that. And I think at the end of the day, if you can achieve that, maybe, maybe they get to that next level and they can just focus on the hockey. And if, if you get an athlete ready in that type of way, shape and form, I, I think you give them a better chance of performing well and, and succeeding at that next level. So, um, yeah, just lots of things like that. You know, all the travels included, uh, professional catering for, for all the meals that's included on the road and stuff like that. I think that goes a long ways of helping out our coaches, focus on, you know, the leadership values around the team, focus on coaching, not necessarily having to worry about being a travel agent at the same time. So, um, you know, I guess our models focused on the student athletes first and foremost, but we're, we're also working on developing coaches to that next level. And and even camera guys, you know, commentators, play-by-play stuff like that. So um, I guess lots of little details. Now, in the in the grand scheme of a business, it's still pretty early, right? Uh, in in the stage. So what have you learned in the first few years of the JPHL that you, you know that you feel like, hey, we could only grow and get better from? Yeah, I think the the concept and the models new, but we have a ton of experienced people inside of that model so you know it's we're, we're able to leverage on that experience and, and tap into guys like sean bell and Ladislav lot guys that have been around the block and and played a lot of hockey in their time and know what it takes to succeed at that next level clayton stoner on you know the island and 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 things like that so um but for me personally you know being around the game and whatnot just understanding the connections around our league and around this model the jphl um it's not just about booking ice and, and sending two teams a schedule, booking a couple officials, and, and away you go. See, at the end of the day, it's very hands-on. We're boots on the ground. I'm at every showcase possible. Sometimes we're in two two provinces at the same time, so obviously I can only be in one spot. But um, we're very, very involved, whether it's dealing with the families, whether we're dealing with agents or junior teams, scouts, GMs, or working with the coaches or the players themselves. So um, I guess the, the connection within that is, is something that, um, from my aspect, has been a learning curve. The operational aspect, the logistics, you know, the busing, the flights, everything of that nature, and just connecting it to the schedule itself so these kids can just focus on, on the game itself. Uh, joined by the commissioner of the uh, Junior Prospects Hockey League, uh, Richard Nall, joined us. The uh, Winter Championship is uh, uh, upcoming. Uh, tell us about it and uh, for fans, because I know that you know a lot of scouts will be there. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Yeah, we're, we're excited. It starts tomorrow, uh, run Championship Sunday uh, the, uh, on the 17th. So we've got 41 teams uh, in town, all at the same place. Uh, we've got all three junior leagues, the, the Western Hockey League, we've got the AJHL as well as the BCHL all in town. Just about every team will uh, be represented by scouts, owners, or, or GMs or league executives. Uh, so we're excited about that and, and sharing you know, our experience with them. Um, at the same time, we'll have 84 games across four different arenas. Uh, we've got five different divisions. We've got, uh, we're importing our 2011 AAA division into our championships so basically, out of the HPL and HSL leagues, we've brought in the top 10 teams throughout Western Canada to, to compete for a, a winter championship, along with our U14 division, U15, U17, and U18. So across the 84 games, we've got 336 referee assignments, and you know, obviously most of it's going to be hosted at our new arena facility on the south side of Edmonton, Silent Ice Centre. So yeah, um, it's, it's been a busy, uh, busy couple months leading up to this, but we're we're ready to go. Richard, how has it been as as you look at at the growth? And you know, there's you know, there's the JPHL. You know, there's lots of other leagues out there. Are you are you starting to work together a little bit, maybe more uh, at all? Do you see that uh, moving forward now or in, in the future? I would say it's not happening yet, the interaction. I think, you know, personally, I believe in a one-world solution where the different models can interact together. I think at the end of the day, you got to understand your, your why and your purpose, and, and it's for the kids, it's for the athletes. And so interaction for them is, I, I think, a really positive thing. Um, I think sometimes as adults, you know, me included, we all got to park our egos and, and just get together and do what's best and, and not lose sight of what's right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I tell you what I do feel. I, I, I do feel from the inside, from the families and the athletes that believe that hockey needs a change. It needs a tweak. It needs more um, more options. And, and I, I've seen the value in that being inside of this. So I, I do sense that there's a migration or an evolution, if you want to call it, towards that. I don't know that we're there yet, but Hey, I'm an optimistic guy. I'll, I'll continue to believe in that one world that we will get there. You know, there's always, I, I think, myths and stories around sports that, that people, they hear something once and, you know, they've probably heard it through the grapevine 15 different ways and then it ends up not being true. What are some of the maybe the myths that you even hear that you as the commissioner of your league have to say, well, actually, that's not the case? 
Yeah, I would say, you know, there's there's people outside uh, of our model that would say, you know, kids can't get drafted out of this league. Obviously, that's not true. We had nine athletes drafted uh, this, this past year. Um, I've heard that we practice on outdoor ice. Um, very far from the truth, if, if anyone's taken a look at our new arena facility on the south side there, um, I would say far from it. Uh, we're pretty proud of that facility and venue and, and, and sharing it, you know, with the community. Uh, not just, you know, within the HSL and JPHL. So, you know, I think from there's always going to be people that are threatened. Um, and, and I think you just you just got to focus on what you're doing and, and not worry about those external sources and just focus on the kids inside of the model and the families that are there. And, you know, I, I think at the long run, people will start to understand it and, and see it for what it is. How would anyone think of practicing outdoors as a negative? I think it's unreal. I, I can tell you, I don't care how old you are. Now, you maybe you're not going to have every practice, but yeah, the auto and outdoors, kids still love it, man. It doesn't matter what age. Adults get out on the ODR. It's still a thrill. As long as the ice is uh, good, away you go. I don't, to me, that would be a benefit if you say, hey, what? We got three, four outdoor practices a year. I think it's just something that changes up. I have a lot of fun with it. That, that was our skill development growing up, right? Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. And lots yeah. of kids did it, and, and especially sometimes because it can be a little bit more unstructured, and you just you know you have a little fun and, and some creativity with it. And Richard, I know you've been around the game a long time, and we, we've seen a big evolution. And you know, Connor Bedard's in town tonight, and uh, you know, you, the skill of the game uh, continues to improve. Um, there are some that wonder, like you know, like we see a lot of the YouTube guys that uh, you know they can do all this great sick time. But at the end of the day, I still think the foundation of hockey. Well, it's gotten faster. Do, do you guys work in your league at all about looking like how can we improve like the uh, the hockey sense of players? Because I think the game is fast enough. Obviously, everybody nowadays the worst skater in the NHL or any other you know you AAA you want U eighteen U fifteen like the worst skater is still infinitely better than they were even a decade ago right that's just how it is but has there been models or thought processes in trying to improve hockey sense because i think it's harder to think the game the faster it is without a doubt i think balance in all areas of life are important and, and it doesn't change when it comes to the sport of hockey um i think this every sport it doesn't matter whether it's soccer tennis basketball hockey has become more specialized gymnastics cheerleading it's all <laughs> the training's changed and, and the skill just keeps getting younger and younger and younger. And it's a great thing. I think there's different layers to how you approach that, you know, from a league perspective, we really analyze the type and brand of hockey that is, is happening. And there's ways of molding that number one, you're going to look at who you're hiring as coaches Two is you're going to talk and, and you're going to talk, start to talk about your officiating Academy and the types of rule books or sorry, rules within the rule book that you're enforcing, because obviously on the ice in game in competition, uh, the officiating becomes a, a big piece to that, that style of game. And, you know, are you playing a dump and chase type game? Are you playing a puck possession game in your league? Are you allowing hits when the puck isn't there? And we believe in a, a modern style of hockey. The game is fast. We want big hits, but at the same time, we want to make sure they're legal and that the puck is there and that, you know, it's going to continue to stop guys from just running out of their way just to make a big punishing hit. So, you know, at the end of the day, there's a lot of different layers. I think when you t start talking about your coaches, you start looking at, okay, you know, are we going to be overstructured? Is it going to be all systematic? You go back to what you said about the ODR. Y you need a certain amount of unstructured play. You know, you can't just be black and white. A lot of hockey is the gray matter, the stuff in between, and you got to let the kids make the decisions and learn through their mistakes. 
And how you address that as a league or within our model is you start to look at the coaches that you're hiring. So we do, you know, at the end of the day, in terms of when we started uh, this model, we said, okay, how do we attract the best coaches into this game? How do we surround our kids with the best possible hockey people? Well, number one, we said, okay, we, we want to provide them with an opportunity where they can just focus on this full time. Two, we want to take away all the layers of coaching that most might not enjoy, statisticians, travel agencies, you know, booking hotels, booking restaurants, stuff like that. We internalized all that within our operations team so that they could just focus on the hockey. And I believe that's what's allowed us to, to grab and, and attract a lot of the best coaches and keep and retain them. So um, I guess a couple different layers, long story short, Jay, in, in, in terms of trying to make sure that the hockey IQ is there. Obviously, Every team has access to video and stuff like that where, you, you know, these kids are very visual. Um, so, you know, you're going to talk to them, but at the same time, self-realization is a powerful tool. And video analysis helps. We, we have that in place. Um, all the kids get their shifts set to them after their games. And, and then you've got to start with a good broadcast. If you have a good quality broadcast, it's going to help with that feedback when they're reviewing their own play or analyzing their own game. Uh, lastly, uh, Sean Brown just sent me a text. He's wondering if, if you know as the commissioner, is Sean Bell, um, is he still trying out to be the mascot? <laughs> he wears a lot of hats, and he's good at them. He's good at them. I'll let, I'll let Belzy and Brownie work that one out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, awesome. Well, Richard, we look forward to it. I know I ran into a few scouts uh, uh, at the at the morning skate today that are excited for uh, for this event going on, and uh, lots of games, lots of action. So uh, enjoy it, and uh, best of luck to all the teams. Thanks, Jay. Happy holidays. You betcha. That is uh, Richard Nault, the uh, commissioner of the JPHL. Uh, if you're a, if you're a big diehard fan who's always interested in the in the young players, well, uh, you mentioned uh, WHL, AJHL, BCHL. Uh, all the scouts are going to be there, and I uh, got 41 teams. That's a pretty big tournament. 41 teams coming in, so uh, lots of good young players in uh, five different age categories and uh, skill categories as well. So uh, best of luck to all participating starting tomorrow through until Sunday. We are up. Uh, Bob is up to 2500 in our month of giving package. All right, now we're getting closer. I like it. We'll keep rolling. We'll get to the con man, a sports 1440 update brought to you by BIE Engineering, specializing in all your residential, commercial, and industrial structural engineering needs. Go to BIEENG.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 